from Damper. And this is the Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast. Not talking about the Wheel of Time today. We are jumping into House of the Dragon episode 8. And this one was directed by Gita Vasant Patel uh-huh. and written by Ellen Shim. So we have female directed female written on this episode how did you okay how did you feel as a whole about this episode tracy the word that came to mind oddly enough was tender yeah it was it was it was tragic Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also tender i guess this is probably our last episode with patty constantine king viserys yeah and what a tragic rule he had because on one hand I just the way that he is portrayed by this actor is just absolutely magnificent stellar but at the same time looking at his reign within the context of the story Mm -hmm. he didn't make the best decisions but he wasn't a terrible guy no that's true yep Mm -hmm. but was he like the king he Coulda, shoulda, woulda, woulda been. been. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, isn't isn't that kind of like always the question? You know, like could I have been this? Should I have been more this? I think with him, his focus on family is really yeah. big. Like he strikes me as the kind of guy who would have been just so much happier if you put him in charge of like a big f- like farm. Yeah, a big farming <laughs> family. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has to work together to survive, like, all the hard work and stuff. And, I mean, that part of him is endearing, but it is not going to help him rule Westeros. We get, like you said, we get to the end of his line, his storyline here, and what I want to talk about doesn't really come in until, like, the end of the episode because, of course, he leaves a shitstorm behind yeah. him in his passing and it's yeah it's like everything else of what he's done it's unintentional this isn't exactly what he meant to do it's too it's waffly and with his passing he just stamps this is how i've always been <laughs> i'm thinking of that it's always sunny in philadelphia meme where they're like dressed in these like top hats and like really fancy tuxedos and they're making the like boo-hoo okay (laughs) motion Mm -hmm. where it's like on one side I feel so sorry for this guy like just yeah it is unintentional but at the same time it's like the most noble highest ruling monarchy Mm -hmm. of this world and it's like Oh, like, we made all these bad decisions. Poor, poor, rich, spoiled people. (laughs) I'm glad you said that because I felt that a couple different times in in this episode, too. I mean, back and forth, like, all of these, not all of these, many of these characters are just so conceited and... Oh, my gosh. ...only want what they feel is entitled to them. Mm. As much as I'm... I really loved this episode... I'm also missing a little bit of something from this show. Don't get me wrong. I'm enjoying this show thoroughly. Mm -hmm. But, and I I guess like it's in the name House of the Dragon. It's about Mm -hmm. the Targaryens. But Mm -hmm. I'm really missing Mm -hmm. what's going on outside of the Targaryen bubble. Like what's going on in the lands of Mm -hmm. Westeros Mm -hmm. where House of the Dragon feels very micro focused on this one thing Mm -hmm. and game of thrones was like kind of like house of the dragon but opened up between many different families and many different people of different classes and situations Mm -hmm. moral codes even yeah yeah i'm not knocking on house of the dragon because i think it's great but it's Mm -hmm. different and Mm -hmm. it's just an observation and it's something personally that just in my opinion I'm missing a little bit so I guess like the ending of this episode was the most intriguing for me Mm -hmm. when we have some characters that we haven't seen in many episodes Mm -hmm. returning and we'll get Mm -hmm. to that at the end of the episode I'm sure but should we go ahead and start out where yeah yeah for sure 
we begin on Driftmark and Rainey's is being met with a maester and hears that Corley's her husband, who she hasn't seen in nearly six years, wounded in the Stepstones. Mm-hmm. And Vaymond Valerian, who is Corley's brother, wants to petition King's Landing to remove Lucerus as heir. And this is basically on account of him being a bastard. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of implied here that Rainey's might be looking at the Driftwood throne for herself. Mm-hmm. We also get a little bit of Bela, which mm-hmm. I'm so happy that mm-hmm. the daughters of Lena are back in the story and kind Same. of more of a central part. Mm-hmm. And I like that this episode, it's repeatedly kind of mentioned that Bela is living at Driftmark and she's a ward of Rainey's, mm-hmm. which means she would have grown up with Rainey's, kind mm-hmm. of like an adopted daughter, so yes. to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think this, I'm going to make a prediction about this. Oh, please. I kind of get this hint that Bela is going to become this force to be reckoned with mm. because her mother was kind of also the strong mm-hmm. dragon rider and now she's living with her grandmother who is the same way mm-hmm. and so I kind of feel like Bela might be the one to look out for and she was the one that was at this dinner mm-hmm. at this feast mm-hmm. she's the one that Aegon kept messing with yep. and saying really crude rude things about and I feel like this is going to come back and haunt the children of Alicent. Yes. I just I've got I've got a thing for Bela. I really like her. I don't I don't blame you. And I think I think that actually gets kind of set up in a couple different places in the episode and even in episodes before this, I would say, where there does feel like there's a connection between it's the children. Like it's almost like Alicent's children versus all of the other children. And like yeah. this group of children, like the non Alicent children actually know how to behave yeah and her children are whoa yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so there's yeah. like there's this level of sophistication and diplomacy and poise that I feel like Bela has every time she's seen on camera that opening scene where Rainey's is on the throne and Bela is standing next to her and the light is filtering through and it's just like this there's something about her yeah I was like I see you I see you we keep getting mentions of her upbringing Mm -hmm. and what's going on with her even if it's just like a just a sprinkling of it Mm -hmm. so I feel like they really want the sitting in the back of the viewers' heads. I like that she gets to be raised by Rainies, though. Me too. I did not pay very close attention to Rainies when the show first started. She's such a subtle kind of character. She has very few lines. But yeah. as the season has progressed, as we've seen her more in her conversations and whatnot, I'm just like, you... I really like you. You, I feel like she's starting to kind of like come up and rise at this moment. Like you said, like it looks like she may have a design on Mm -hmm. the Driftmark throne. And why not? Why not? She's been denied her throne. Maybe it's her time to take it. I mean, she's putting her foot down with Vaymond. And (laughs) there's also... this episode, it's like all the women are making moves. Yeah, they and are. For thrones right mm-hmm. now, because we got Rainey's sitting on the throne in Driftmark. Mm-hmm. We've got Alicent. I mean, she's in control mm-hmm. of King's Landing. Yep. I mean, she's essentially ruling. So she, this whole. Yep. A woman can't sit on the throne. A woman can't sit on the throne. But mm-hmm. Allison is doing it mm-hmm. right now. Rainey's is ass- doing it right now. Yeah, and I'm assuming that the only reason why it's okay for Allison to be doing this is because it's within the confines of the patriarchal yep. 
system yep. because she has Otto there with her. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, like there's this blessing for her to do it. Mm-hmm. But if it were Rhaenyra, this is a no-no because mm-hmm. Rhaenyra is outside of the societal norms. Yeah, yeah. And at some point, Rainey's flips and she's going from not being sure about Luke mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. at the head of Driftmark mm-hmm. and controlling the fleet. And she's being met from many different sides because she has weight with her decision. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't quite sure why. What was it that had made her flip mm-hmm. to Rhaenyra's side? Yeah. But it almost felt like when she arrives in King's Landing, after her whole life being told a woman can't sit on the Iron Throne, a woman can't sit in the Iron Throne... She gets there, and Allison is doing essentially this. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't quite sure what in her head clicked from the point of her not wanting to go along with Rhaenyra's plan mm-hmm. or with Coralie's plan and her flipping and being like, okay, like we're going to marry the kids together mm-hmm. and I'm going to support Rhaenyra in this decision. Mm-hmm. On the first watch, it felt jarring. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so just now all of a sudden she's like, I'm okay with putting my grandchildren in the line of danger in the succession that she's been adamant against. And now she's just like, okay, cool. I'm I'm thinking. She says after she has that encounter with Rhaenyra and Rhaenyra proposes the marriage of the children, the aligning of the houses, the creation of an alliance instead of like a continuing of the division of the families. They have their little discussion and at the end of it, Rainey says something along the lines of like, tomorrow the high towers land their first blow and I will stand alone. And so oh and I th- I think the other thing she says, and they will bring you to your knee to your knees. Like, she says that to Rhaenyra. So in that moment, I think she's seeing the power play between Vaymond and Alicent. And if she sides with Rhaenyra, she's going to, like, be on her own, essentially, maybe. But then when Viserys shows up in the throne room and is like, um, this is already a decided thing. And the only person who really has anything to say about this is Rainey's. Now mm-hmm. the king is back in saying the things. He's reaffirming the legitimacy. And if Rainey steps in and is like, well, you know, actually, Rainey and I just had a chat. And uh, we're just going to marrying our houses and everything's going to be hunky-dory. Mm-hmm. Like, that gives her a place of stability mm-hmm. to work from. I think she's working. She's kind of Moraine-like. It almost gives her a bit of freedom as well. Yeah. Because if this does all work out, then who's going to be the one there mentoring exactly. this couple at Driftmark? Yep. Luke and Lena? And maybe even a culmination of what she's been denied and what she might be able to actually hope for. Like, there right. is a surprising level of hope in this episode for it being like yes this series there were so many moments i was like crying i was crying with like the the family connections the the like just so many moments that this was a really 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 good episode i feel like maybe she wants that you know like if her husband really is dead she's kind of on her own and this right. way, she doesn't, she's not boosted from power in any way, really. Right. Those kids are still too young. She'll probably continue to have a regent role, you know? Right. And I mean, she doesn't, like you said, she doesn't really want to be in all of the King's Landing politics, but she's pretty happy where she is and she has a lot of experience. And like, yeah. One of the, the things that keeps getting kicked around about this claimant petition moment, like, that it's Luceris, right? The younger, yeah, yeah. That like he's not he, old enough. He doesn't. He's no not idea old enough. And you guys can't be his advisors. 
You have to yeah. you have to come in and like disrupt all this shit instead of being like, you know what? You are too young. I'm going to step in. I'm going to help you out. We're going to make sure we handle this together. And then when history remembers us, they'll remember us as a strong team. Nope. That does not happen. So it's just like this like stepping in and like trying to like push things apart where they have an opportunity to bring things together. Good balance. This episode is a good balance. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to move forward here a little please, bit. Please, please. So we have Damon doing a little rock climbing, finding a clutch of eggs. Good for him. He's got good some job. kids on the way that are going to need some dragons. I get it. Got to restock the supply. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then we have Rhaenyra at Dragonstone, and we have Jaceris learning High Valerian, and loved this scene because yes, we are definitely getting little side stories here on the two eldest boys. So we have Aegon being a complete mm-hmm. fuck up. A-hole. Terrible a- person. Aegon being an a-hole. Putting it nicely. Yeah. yeah. And then we have Jace. So stately and genial and learning high Valerian and wanting to, I don't know, do do what is expected of him mm-hmm. as a king. So. Yeah, as, as the heir to the, the next heir to the heir to the throne. And right. the, his exchange with Rhaenyra is so sweet. Like, she's like, you know, you've been, you can't learn high Valerian in one day, kiddo. And he's like, mom. Right. I'm trying. I'm going to do it. And I really, I like this. This isn't a very big scene. There isn't a whole lot happening. But mm-hmm. I now have this really great insight into Rhaenyra's relationship with her children and the way right. that her children approach their lives, what their their moral code and compass looks like. He's He's busy worrying about translating High Valyrian and Aegon is out sexually assaulting the mates. Yes, exactly. Slightly exactly. different. Slightly, slightly yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it shows how they were parented. I it mean, does. I sorry, agree. Sorry, Allison. But yeah, sorry, Allison. Yeah. Her restrictive, fear induced style of parenting is atrocious. Agreed. And I mean, Aegon is exactly what you can expect from that kind of parenting style. Or else timid and afraid and absolutely broken and useless. You know, either way, you're not going to get a healthy human being who's going to be able to do something like, I don't know, take over a throne someday. Whereas with Rhaenyra and Daemon, who have this very like, fuck the world, these are the things that are important to us as a family. This is how we talk and behave with our family. They've, we've had scenes with both Damon and Rhaenyra where they are conversing and like encouraging the education of their children. And that is huge. That's huge. Teach your children how to think for themselves and they will want to. And that's, Allison, you're not doing that. We're not doing Truth. that. Truth. Okay. Rhaenyra and Damon are going to go to the capital to defend Lucerius's claim. Yep. We have the arrival in King's Landing. And once again, we have this <laughs> situation where a family is not greeted. So it's right. like the audacity, right? Right. But there is one lord at the doors who greets Rhaenyra and it's Lord Caswell and I remember him from a previous episode after she had given birth I believe okay where he always seems to be like as soon as Rhaenyra is turning a corner he's like that guy that's there who is like I'm here to help so Mm -hmm. I have a feeling he's going to play somewhat of this like staunch supporter role for Rhaenyra Mm -hmm. yeah so Rhaenyra shows up. She doesn't even recognize her old home. Mm-hmm. And we have seen the architecture of the castle has changed via Alicent's mm-hmm. removal of Targaryen heraldry and replacing mm-hmm. it with the faith of the seven mm-hmm. 
I don't know why I want to say memorabilia, but uh, iconography. To me, this feels like Alicent almost being in this constant state of atonement. Mm-hmm. I know that some people would probably think this is like very heavy-handed, kind of like today in our society we see these people who are like claiming to be very religious like i'm thinking right. of these pastors of like mega churches yeah. who keep getting in trouble with embezzling and right. giving their and all kinds <laughs> of terrible things all yeah, kinds yeah, yeah. of terrible things right so I, I mean i don't know if that was the intention but it kind of felt like this nod to the real world mm-hmm. and Alicent kind of like trying to cover up her misdeeds with religious symbolism everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's Alicent's atonement decor. No more tapestries. No more no more porn flavored tapestries for King's right? Landing. Yeah. Right? And it's so it's so uh, like quiet. There isn't anyone walking through the halls. And no, I think huge difference between the yep. scene where after Rhaenyra gave birth mm-hmm. and the castle is just full of life Crowded. and now it's like this empty cathedral. Empty. No one's there. Which also goes back to what you were saying earlier in regards to wanting more representation of other families and whatnot. Because especially right now in this moment, we are seeing a very obvious exclusion of any other possibility of the crown being influenced by anyone outside Alicent and Otto. So it's like the whole the whole castle's on hospice care for the king and just is mm-hmm. like hobbling along and that just gives them free reign to do pretty much whatever they want. Yeah, and they are, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what they're doing. I mean, Otto is feeding Viserys milk of the poppy, and Viserys, he doesn't even have a clue what's going on. I mean, poor guy. No clue. Poor guy. Politically, I mean, this is just scary. Scary. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, I also don't know if this is going to go anywhere with the introduction of the Faith of the Seven, because mm-hmm. back in the day, the Catholic Church and. Mm-hmm the high rulers of Europe and there's kind of this washing of each other's backs in many situations Mm -hmm. and when that tie is cut then Mm -hmm. you're looking at war between the religious side and the side of the crown Mm -hmm. so if Alicent is kind of opening the doors up to the faith of the seven this is like what happened in Game of Thrones with Cersei Mm-hmm. there's that mm-hmm. opportunity for them to kind of like worm their way in and start asking for more and more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to happen or if it's just to usher Alicent's storyline along and then yeah. like forgotten. I don't know. I don't know either, but I would be intrigued to see it move forward. I feel as though in Game of Thrones there's a heavier emphasis on organized religion mm-hmm. like when they're doing their marriage ceremony it's done in the name of the seven and blah 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 and you've got the sept of Baylor, which is like for the seven right isn't that what that's for yeah in game of thrones yeah yeah which is taking place later so that means at some point this religion needed to come up to be important enough to have that level of power and presence in king's landing so it's possible. I don't think they'll bring it all the way through in season one just yet. No, we've got yeah. two episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, and there, I there are a know. lot of other things that need to be addressed. And I mean, the direction that this is going to have to take now because of the ending that happened with this episode, it's going to be it's going to be a cluster cuss. You know, like there are going to yeah. be a lot of things that they're going to have to address. So like accelerating this like religious zealot storyline might not happen this season. I do think it's going to be important. I think we've been talking about that this has the possibility of being important for a while. We're like, is Allison going to yeah. become like a religious zealot? Like, is she going to? And I mean, we do see, historically speaking, what happens when monarchs 
become religious zealots, it's not good. It's not good, especially when you decide that no one can practice any other way than the way that you have said can be practiced. And I hope this doesn't take us too far forward, but there comes that moment where Allison finally comes and says hello to Rhaenyra and Damon. And they're like, it was, thanks. Thanks for showing up. We're glad you could make time for us. Right, right. Damon's like, so can't help but notice the uh, Targaryen heraldry has been taken down. There's religious stuff going up. Like, what the heck? And she's like, this is just a guide to the people in these times of darkness, blah, blah, blah. And then Rhaenyra's like, yeah, but tomorrow when you're deciding, because it is going to be you, we all know that, when you're deciding the succession, whose moral code? is going to be making that decision. Will it be the one that is on the side of legality and the way that it should be, quote unquote, or is it going to come through the rule of religious restrictions? So mm-hmm. like we've seen Allison and her whole moral high ground goodness thing, like which way do you think she's going to go? It's a fair question from Rhaenyra. And right. I really like, I really like that she just kind of like was Laying it out there. Exactly. What are you going to do? Because I see what you're doing. Not happy about it. Okay, so eventually Rhaenyra and Daemon meet with Viserys and they introduce him to their fourth and fifth sons. Uh (laughs) So the fourth and fifth sons of Rhaenyra, Uh which are... Aegon. So now we have a second Aegon mm-hmm. and Viserys. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really heartfelt moment when he's like, a fine name for a king. I'm like, oh, my heart. Right. I teared up. I teared up. I teared up so many times this season, this episode. It was really nice. Yeah. I'm almost wondering if, is this foreshadowing that Viserys is going to become king? But that would mean Luke, Jace, Joffrey mm-hmm. and Aegon all have to die, which I'm like, oh damn! Like, okay, crazier things have happened. It's in, true in, <laughs> in this series and in real life. It's this is not an unheard of thing. I mean, we're on the discussion of warfare happening. Mm-hmm. Once we get to the end of this episode, we have a grenade thrown into this like potential happy realliance of the family that's just going to splinter them all apart which means that they're going to start going for each other's throats so is it possible that like the first three kids are going to die yep i think actually it is okay good yeah glad to see i'm not like (laughs) overreaching here no i i was i was actually kind of thinking about that the same way because i was like rhaenyra why would you have an aegon like why would you name one of your kids aegon when there's already in their Aegon that's just confusing yeah I took it as I I took it as either her or Damon just wanting to fuck with Alicent like oh you have an Aegon we have so do we (laughs) (laughs) we have a better Aegon actually your Aegon sucks we have this next Alicent scene we talked about it a little bit Aegon has raped a maid Diana yep and Allison comforts her, but also threatens her and then feeds her moon tea. Right. And it's like, oh, you're such a wonderful person, Allison. She's like, got like, there's a routine to this. She's done this. Yeah. Yeah. She's done yeah. this. And like her, her handmaiden or lady's maid or whatever it is, is like, all right, passing you along to take care of distraught girl. I'll go brew tea. Give me a minute. I'll be right back. And I mean, seriously, I was like, oh, Allison, you're like. Are you like an actual compassionate person? Have you made changes? Like the way that she was holding her and is like, mm-hmm. I believe you. I think she wants to be. Like I think part of her really wants to be that kind of person. But, but I mean, she's not. Yeah, but that's like every hypocrite, right? I Truth. Mean- Truth. Another, I'm going to, we're going to bundle on the tragedy here. Mm -hmm. But Helena enters the room completely unaware of anything happening. She and Aegon are married at this point. So this is her husband who has 
Wait. Wow. I did not catch that. Yeah, because she comes in and asks for Diana if she's going to come help with the children, completely unaware of what's going on. And I just, I, I, I really, I really like Helena, which <laughs> makes me terrified she's probably going to be not mm-hmm. with us much longer. Right. If they, if they go with how they've been going, anyone who is likable kind of gets <laughs> yeeted mm-hmm. off the show. Yeah. <laughs> via fake death, real death. Right. Yeah. I had caught that Aegon was married, and I had caught that Helena was married. I had not caught that they were married to each other. Yeah, so we are now in the training yard. Aemon has gotten big. He's a hell of a swordsman now. Vaemond arrives, and it's like, okay, now we have this culmination of Otto, Vaemond, and Alicent all mm-hmm. chit-chatting about how Luke is just a child. How is he going to command the biggest fleet? Yep. So they have just, like, Vaemon comes in, has sidestepped everyone, goes straight to Allison Otto, because mm-hmm. clearly they're in power here. Then we have this godswood moment with Rhaenyra and Rhaenys. Mm-hmm. And again, she's like, you know, Bela has done well as your ward, mm-hmm. and this is where this deal happens. Mm-hmm. And Rhaenyra swears she's not complicit in Laenor's death. Mm-hmm. And this is the second time in the series i think that rhaenyra has sworn in front of a weirwood tree Mm -hmm. but this time well i guess each time she's like technically right but not 100 percent forthcoming she's (laughs) ice to die right yeah yeah (laughs) exactly i think one of the things that i liked in this discussion between rhaenyra and rainey's is after Rhaenyra makes the offer of, like, matching the children together, Rainey's response is that it is either a really generous or really desperate offer. Mm-hmm. And Rhaenyra says, what does it matter? And I was like, thank you, Rhaenyra. I'm, it's so often, like, discussions like that come down to this, like, well, what's the, what's the benefit? What's, what's the downside? Blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what difference does it make? We can both see where this would go and it would be mm-hmm. better than anything we've got going on right now. Why would you yeah. fight against this? And, and this is a callback to her doing the exact same thing with Alicent mm-hmm. and Alicent being like, oh, like how sweet she is when she knows she's cornered. Right. So like we're having the same offer being given to two different people and Sorry, they're just really, I mean, really hammering home how much we should hate Allison. Right. You have no options on this. Yeah. So we end up back in Viserys' chamber. Good, 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 good. That's my next note, too. Rhaenyra asks him to defend her, Mm -hmm. and we go back to this quote of Aegon the Conqueror's dream. Mm Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that was done really well is Rhaenyra's emotional reaction to what's happening. Like, yeah, this is a really complicated situation for her with many, many, many emotions involved and her being like, this is the heavy burden. I thought I wanted this as a child and as an adult, all it's done is wreck my life. I really am not a fan of being heir to the throne. She's like, your attempt to not divide the like the kingdom by making me heir divided the kingdom anyway. And so mm-hmm. and she's like, but if you if this is what you want, I'll do it. But you have to defend me. You have to defend my children. You have to do that. And it's just this like heartbreaking moment of her like looking for help, like a strong, solid hand of help from her father who is in a position where he very likely cannot physically, mm-hmm. mentally step up to do that. But it gets through his opium-addled brain. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I mean, I mean, seriously? It, the seed was planted. Yes. Like, like he, he heard her. He saw her through all of that somehow. It's like, it's, I think it's because it's what he really, really wants, you know? He really wants the succession to be smooth. He really wants his family to find peace together. He really wants the House of the Dragon to be this, like, cohesive group of people and stop all the infighting. Oh, please. 
I would say he really wants to honor his late wife's, I guess, legacy with, Mm -hmm. you know, their only daughter together. And at the end of this episode, I feel like he seemed at peace, like he was ready to go to Emma. Mm -hmm. Rhaenyra is that legacy. Mm -hmm. It's everything good about his relationship with his first wife. Oh, I like that. I feel like he's fighting for her just as much as he's fighting for Rhaenyra. Oh, I really like that. Thanks. Yeah, (laughs) I really, really like that. So let's get to... uh, the petition. Can can we just can we just giggle for a moment when Viserys tells Otto that he wants to have supper and Otto goes, It's morning, sire. And he's like, <laughs> I mean tonight, dum dum. I mean tonight, you <laughs> idiot. <laughs> I did really like that. I did. <laughs> I had I had a Jesus good Christ, Otto, I'm not a fucking idiot. <laughs> Like even he even lifts his poor his poor broken body a little bit to be like you fool, <laughs> you know Otto. Sorry, like there are so many good little moments in this whole thing that like build up to making oh. a really really good episode. But yes, it, the claimant petition time that is definitely the meat of this episode. Yes, yeah. So Otto is sitting for the king, bold. Mm-hmm. He, I guess not, that's, like, literally his job if the king's not around, but Yeah, still. but should he be sitting on the throne? Exactly, like exactly. Like, that, I kept wondering about I mean, that. It, it's a callback to when Ned Stark did it, so. Okay, okay. I, I guess I'm it guessing. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But Otto is hearing Veyman's petition, mm-hmm. and Rhaenyra starts speaking, and... It really looks like Rhaenyra's not going to get what she wants here. And then we have the (laughs) slowest, the longest, (laughs) the saddest (laughs) hobbling of the series to the throne. I shouldn't be joking about it because it was it was so well done. I mean, it really was. It really, really was. But I was in the same camp. Like part of me was like crying and like, just like, yes, fuck yes, at the same time, it's and like, at the same time, like, it along. Did, but someone, did you? Someone get the man a fucking chair. He's real slow, guys. He's Lift real slow. Up. And then I was, I was completely paranoid he was gonna slip and just impale himself on one oh, of the swords. That's what I was like waiting to happen. <laughs> that is like a nightmare of an approach to something when you can barely walk. Good point. Right? I hadn't really thought right. about that. He can't even, like, put his God. hand out for, like, support no. anywhere. No. <laughs> it's all blades. Ah! <laughs> so, we have this really touching moment where the crown falls off of his head, but Damon is there to pick it up and place it back on him. He, like, and helps him up like, the stairs the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean... They are trying really hard to, like, make us feel for Damon and make him a great character. Mm-hmm. Because the first couple episodes, I was like, I don't think there's going to be anything redeeming about this man. Like, he bludgeoned mm-hmm. his wife's head in with a rock. Right, and yeah. And now I'm like, oh, he just really wants his brother's love. And that's all he was looking for his entire life. And he's finding it. How sweet. Right. Anyways, I'm just kind of like, I I don't know. Damon is a sociopath like this guy. He's a, he's a he's lovable so sociopath. That's yeah, what is. yeah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So we we ask for Rainey's side of the story. And yep. she's like, yep, going to go with my husband's decision. Lucerus mm-hmm. is the heir. To Driftmark, Veyman is enraged, and he's like, Rhaenyra's children, they're bastards. Bastards! <laughs> she is a whore! <laughs> yeah. Dang, I guy! Mean, Dang! I wish that I could have seen my face as he was saying <laughs> that, because I know that my mouth was hanging open. Like, Right? 
Oh no, he didn't. Did he, he really? Sure okay. did. He, he did. sure did. And then Viserys is like, "I'll have I'll his tongue, tongue, you know." <laughs> Oh, that was so quick. It shocked the hell out of me. Shocked yeah. Me. I was, you know, I was expecting, like, possibly, like, being dragged away. I thought he was going to get away. tackled. Yeah. 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 Like, possibly, like, tossed in a cell later on for, like, some sort of, you know, beheading because of the way that he spoke. After like dinner, maybe theater. Right. <laughs> but instead, Damon's like, nah, fuck that. You just called my wife a whore. Uh, you just insulted the legitimacy of my stepchildren in front of everybody. I, mm-hmm. nope, just not having it, not having it. And of course, the way that he manages to cut off Veyman's head leaves his tongue in his mouth. <laughs> and so he's yeah. like, he can keep his tongue. <laughs> Damon, he is... He is so good. Matt Smith does such a good job of playing Damon in the show. Like, he does not say a lot. Agreed. But his presence, the way that he moves, like, I just, ugh. I'm a big Matt Smith fan anyway. And so getting to see him like this and having that switch, like, not having him be, like, mm-hmm. this absolutely, this absolutely narrow character, you know? We could have just kept him as, like, the resentful overlooked Mm -hmm. second son blah 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 and instead he's out dragon egg collecting and having babies (laughs) and taking care of his wife and teaching his kids high valerian and you're like not quite sure how you went from weird murderer to defender of the family but i'm here for it i like it i think damon's probably my favorite character at the moment yeah, he's entertaining, that's for sure. I think that's what it is, and it's it's authentically entertaining. Another thing that I think was done really, really well with this episode, and I think Matt Smith and Damon's character exemplify this, is how much this was about conversation and communication and not so much, like, special effects and violence and, like, the other things that have almost defined Game of Thrones as a franchise to say that this was a tender episode just feels really weird. But to give a character arc like this to someone like Damon is, I don't know, I like yeah, it. Yeah, it was like half half heart, half gore. Yeah. I don't know, maybe this is just a nod to the writers and the directing of this episode because it was really well done. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good balance here. Absolutely. So... We end up moving to the feast Mm -hmm. and it's almost like whiplash because all of these small moments, tender, awful, Mm -hmm. like it's all here and it's all happening so quickly. Alicent's praying, Damon's eye rolling, the series series is toasting, Aegon is jesting, like, Jace, you'll finally get to lay with a woman. And he says this in front of Bela. The princes start a fight. We have this, like, last valiant stand of King Viserys. Literally, Mm -hmm. I think this is the last time he ever will stand again. Yeah. At all. I think you're right. And... He removes his eye patch, and everyone is just completely shocked into seriousness about life and mortality. I would say everyone except Allison's asshole children. Right. And... They're exempt from a lot of things. Right? And Rhaenyra is, like, giving this heartfelt toast to Allison. So good. And Allison responds in kindness back to Rhaenyra and makes a toast to her. And again, like Aegon is making propositions to Bela, which are just really crude and nasty. Mm-hmm. And Jace kind of like controls his rage. And instead of beating the brakes off of Aegon, he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm going to give a toast mm-hmm. to my uncles. May we be friends and allies. And then we have this small little speaking line by Helena. And she's like, Beware the beast beneath. The boards uh-huh. it's kind of a tongue twister. It is, yeah. What was your take on that? Bafflement. Bafflement. 
I'm so confused mm-hmm. with this. Same. Really. We did keep seeing the rats down there. What I'm taking from all of this is that this is again going back to the end of the episode when Masaria is meeting with one of Allison's handmaids where she was like, it was quite the night in the castle, I hear. And I'm like, okay, so are the beasts beneath the floorboards like spies? And like the rats are just kind of Mm. like a foreshadowing of spies because now it seems like Mm. we have Masaria has spies because she was originally the one that Otto had met where he learned of Rhaenyra and Damon getting together in the brothel. I think so. And we have Laris, your guy, mm-hmm. who has his B-boys. <laughs> he has his henchmen. Cronies, <laughs> henchmen. That. I don't know what the difference is, but... B-boys. B-boys for life. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe we're going to get some inclusion of secrecy spy masters somewhere in the story but I'm not quite sure who to point my finger at just yet Mm -hmm. and I would like for this to become a bigger plot line because as I said at the beginning of this episode I feel like there's more interesting things in the story when we include people outside of the Targaryen family outside of the you know I would say three major royal houses Mm -hmm. so the high towers the valerians and the targaryens i would like Mm -hmm. this opened up a little bit more definitely yeah it's going to have to happen it has to it has to it can't be like we we get all the way through the the whole dinner thing and there really feels like there's this sincere attempt at reconciliation but then Aemon and Aegon have their scuffle with, like, Jace and Lucerys and whatnot. Damon's shutdown of Aemon is so fun because all he has to do is, like, step in front of yes. him. He says nothing. He says nothing. This was after the, the three strong boys speech. Right, yeah. Like, I I salute. Yeah, there was a face-off for sure. But it almost felt to me like Eamon liked it. Because did you see the look on his face after Damon, like, sliced up Veyman? Yes. I mean, Damon has done terrible stuff. And I think that Mm -hmm. Eamon's going to, like, one-up him (laughs) shortly. I think the difference will be because I absolutely agree with you. 100 like so much about Eamon in this episode made me think of Damon from our first few episodes in the, in the season. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be like a split where Eamon just takes what Damon's character could have been had he stayed on like a darker, more destructive path and he's going to I I feel like he's going to go in that direction. And somehow I feel like Damon finds it all kind of amusing. Yeah. Like yeah. after Eamon like stalks off, he turns and he kind of like smiles at Rhaenyra and is like, all right, well, I guess bedtime. Yeah. <laughs> like I love his facial expressions, his observations, like everything he feels about the situation. Maybe not everything. Ex- an extent of how he feels about the situation definitely comes across in like, how he portrays himself and not what he says. And I love it when actors can do that. It's like Daniel Henney playing Lan in Wheel of Time. You know, like, you have to do so much with who you are and not just with what you're given to say. And I think that's a talent. Okay, Tracy, before we end this, any closing points on the mistaken verge of death confession of... Your your face is in your hand right now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, yeah. So you just had to know. You just had to know, you know, 
we have these like tender moments and like these reconciliation points and things look like maybe just maybe Allison and Rhaenyra might actually become friends again. And oh, I wanted that. I was like, why not? Why not? Wouldn't that be nice? What if they got along instead? And then Viserys is like, by the way, <laughs> just kidding. Aegon is supposed to be the prince. That's the one that we're waiting for. So she, of course, thinks like her Aegon. Promised. She doesn't think Rhaenyra is yeah. Aegon. Yeah, to unite the kingdom. These fucking Targaryens, man. Every every time there's a Targaryen, they're like, clearly it's going to be my son who's the prince that was promised, you know, or like my daughter, whoever. Right. But it's like, how many generations is this fucking going to go on? It's like... All it's like of the conspiracy them. that every like U.S. sitting president, when they get sworn in, they get to learn about aliens or something, <laughs> you know? Right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Every new Targaryen, it's like, oh, you're gonna be king or queen. By the way, there's this big prophecy. Yep. We don't talk about it. It's all hush hush. <laughs> yeah. I think the actress that played Allison portrayed the emotions. Of that moment really 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 well because we do come right off of the heels of her reaching for Rhaenyra's hand asking her if she can stay and now Viserys is like nope what I have just told you is gonna rip everything apart that I just did over the last hour or whatever. <laughs> Viserys one you last know? fuck up. She's basically told her kid her eldest son you're no son of mine she knows he's a shit show. She doesn't respect him. She doesn't even really seem to like him all that much. And she's been exposed to Rhaenyra, who did that beautiful toast. Like, and it was so, like, it was so sincere. Like, what she had to say was such a necessary thing to say. And I think all Allison had ever wanted to hear was someone acknowledging the sacrifice that she had put into what she had done. And it just, like, that vulnerability, that openness just gets crushed. And so I, my, I guess my last thought is this had a very Game of Thrones ending without being a super Game of Thrones feeling episode. And it kept me off balance and I enjoyed it. And I am really excited to see what the next episodes are going to be in because I think we're going to have that big expansion. Here, here. Yeah. Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to the channel and we'll 